Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome to our fifth edition of Halos on Tap. Uh, we got a little pep in our step. We got a little kick in our cat. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> we do not advocate kicking cats. To be clear, this is an anti-kicking cats podcast. But, yeah, but we are. But we're here. But we're happy to be here. We're happy to be plugging into the airwaves and funneling our good angels cheer to you guys after a great week for angels baseball. We are. We are. We're bringing the good vibes today. We are feeling it, um, guys. We are here today. We got producer Q as always. What's up, fellas? We got intern Casey Steve. What's up, ladies? We got our co-host. That's Mr. Hallett to you. And the other co-host, Matt Damon. <laughs> uh, no, this is Sean Feeney, and we are here live. Halo's on tap, episode five. We had a great week in Angels baseball. We did. It couldn't. It, it, it could have been better if you're losing any games, but really, in, in my book, it, it couldn't have been better to take three of four from the A's, those lowly athletics in what I still insist is a minor league stadium, Anywhere you can hear just an entire drum line, that's not a major league stadium. I'm sorry. You know that you're in a, in a crowd that's not very big. When you can hear like one or two isolated people yelling, I'll never forget this. It was actually an Angels game in Boston, and it was in the 14th inning. It was very late out there, um, and who was up? Alberto Callaspo was uh. up. And you could hear there was not very many people left at Fenway Park because one guy in the background, all of a sudden, you hear him. Collapso! <laughs> you suck! Uh, and I'll never forget it. So every time I see or hear the name Alberto Callaspo, I think of that moment. Anyways, let's get, let's that's get into our That's probably the best show. possible moment you, or memory you can assign to Alberto Callaspo. Yeah, there's but, not a whole lot going on there. Yeah, there's that. It, it happened. It happened. Don't be, smile, don't be sad because it's over. Smile because it happened. Smile because it happened. Right. We are here tonight, we got some special stuff going on because we have had, you know, for our listeners out there who have been tuned in for the last few weeks, we made some predictions last week. Um, our typical uh, betting, I guess, unit is one sake bomb per bet. Um, yeah. Some of us have lost more of these wagers than others. Well, the biggest bet we made, and after spring training, this looked like a pretty reasonable bet to make, um, given Shohei's rough spring. But we've, he's immediately made us rue this bet. And I, for those of you listening, we, we promised for every win Shohei picked up as a pitcher or home run he hit as a hitter, we would do a sake bomb during the show for each of those. So by that count, Shohei won his first Major League start. He went, went yabo on back-to-back -back days. So uh, some simple math would suggest we owe three sake bombs apiece. I'm going to consult over to producer Q, um, who has been keeping, keeping record. How are we looking? We are looking pretty good. We're talking about sake bombs? Yes. So we have three sake bombs for each of the two co-hosts of our show. And there was one other bet that was made in episode two. Go listen to it if you didn't previously. Uh, where our friend, uh, Mr. Feeney here, said that you do a sake bomb if Greg Holland signed for any less than $16 million a year. And uh, he signed for, I believe, $14 million. For, for one year. For one year with the St. Louis Cardinals. And um, as such, we are owed a sake bomb. 
We are, and I'm going to stick to, you know, what we say on here is truth. We stick by our word. I'm going to man up. Um, we actually talked about this before the show, how we were going to do this, if we were going to lead off the show with us just doing, like, four consecutive sake bombs. Um, but what we're going to do in the solution that we thought of was to do the sake bombs throughout the show. So before we get into our recap of last week, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, we'll down number one. I think that's probably number the one best. down the hatch. Let's, that's the best let's solution. Do it. Um, hey. So how do we want to do it? Do you have a, a, a sake chant? To to uh, well, I I learned to, how to count to uh, five in Japanese. Wow. You wanna you wanna learn? Maybe with we me? can just cut off it to like three. <laughs> All right. Well, sure. Let's do three. But okay. but the best part is that five in Japanese is go, oh, which okay. sounds like the English word go. <laughs> So, count out loud. Alright, I'll, I'll count us off. Would you like to elaborate on why that's significant? How those two words sound so similar? You know, I don't want to get into hooked on phonics. Semantics. Uh, that's, you know, Houston fans might need that, but but us, our Ooh. educated Angels listeners, you know, are, are something of, are, are known for being linguistics experts. So, anyway, uh, with that, I'll count us off. Hey, to, to Shohei win number one. Ichi, ni, san, shi, go. Go. It's a close one. This is great radio. And Mr. Hallett finishes first. Oh. And there's a lot of foam in. But it was an em- but it was an empty victory. Anywho, that uh We're gonna load up number two. We'll be here. we'll be loading up these up as the podcast goes on. Let's uh, let's do a little quick recap of the first seven games. We know if you're listening to an Angels theme podcast, you really don't need a full recap, but we agreed to do one sentence recaps. So of each game. So why don't you take uh, game number one, a six-five loss in Oakland? Break it down in one sentence for us. To our listeners, we did not pre-think these sentences. So whatever rambling I do in the next twelve seconds, go ahead and just forget it. But I guess we're gonna go with game number one. One sentence, I was disappointed, sad, and a little distraught, especially with Garrett Richards. Can't agree more. Garrett Richards, an ace in the hole you expect to hold on to a four-run lead on opening day. Anyway, game number two, uh, which was a 2-1 Angels win. Mike Trout goes yard. Blake Parker holds on. That's gonna be that's gonna be my summary for game number two. There's a semicolon in the middle there, so that actually was one full sentence. It's actually sentences. an Oxford comma. So again, anyway, carry on. Uh, game three was a eight-three Angels win over Oakland. Go ahead, take that one away. I want to say okay. Here's my sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't his sentence. His sentence is the next thing that comes out of his mouth. Matt Shoemaker looked really great, and then just like build me up Buttercup, he let me down. Oh, we got Buttercup. Da, da, da. <laughs> that's a, Is that a song? That's the, the, I, I don't know. know that's the melody. Uh, yeah, it was close. It was near. Bum, 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 bum. Mm-hmm. Wrong can, one. Can, we, can song, we get a verse of Obladi Oblada? We're going to save that one for next time. Bum, bum, bum. All right, fair bum, enough. Bum, tough, bum. tough but fair. Our outro song today is going to be Build Me a Buttercup. We all know Anyway, game four. Angel 7, A's 4. Sum it up in a sentence. Shohei dazzles. Offense, good enough. 
Great. Game number five. Indian six, Angel zero. Why don't you take that one? J.C. Ramirez doesn't belong in the rotation. Hey, snaps. All right. Angels 13, Indians 2. Shohei goes yard. Goosebumps for everyone. Got all the good ones. I <laughs> didn't plan this, and I'm sorry. It's a pretty good one. I got... No, okay, and then I get the good one to round yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah, we have uh, Shohei goes yard again. Zach Cozart breaks mini slump, wins game for us. Wow. In run, extra. Run on sentence. Hey. A lot of Oxford commas in that one. We're, we're going to refine... Ends. We're going to refine this segment as time goes on, but I think I think you guys are going to come to really love the one-sentence recaps of the games we provide you with. Um, but in all seriousness, Sean, takes on opening week. What looked good, what worked, what didn't? I'm not going to lie, I was a little freaked out after night one. I don't know, you know, I, I got my dad texting me, same old crap going on, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> Got uh, you know everybody a little bit on edge, a little worried that Shohei Otani's not where he needs to be. Um, the Twitter it, followers saying fire Sosha, fire Sosha already. Five man infield. Jeff Fletcher got his first hate letter about Sosha already. <laughs> um, so it was a lot of overreactions, and then <laughs> something switched, and something switched in, in a lot of the right players. I think that you know, obviously we can talk about Shohei Otani for an entire segment. We do have a Shohei Otani segment coming up. We won't elaborate on on that right now, but we'll go into talking about, you know, like Blake Parker at first struggled. I yeah. think his first two games. I was watching with my dad actually on the game that uh, was it with the one Shohei actually ended up getting the W. I think Parker pitched in that game. Sunday, yeah. Sunday, and that's when I think we I, I saw something in him just kind of turn on and yeah. click middle of, of one is like the second out or something like something flip, like just clicked in there like and I all think those jitters just dis, like, I don't know if he was just putting on an act during spring training or he was actually just working on all of his secondary pitches but I mean he hit what a hundred three times he was sitting in the high 90s with his fastball that splitter he throws was untouchable he needs work on his slider and that was the hanger that he gave up the three run bomb on but I mean like this, he has front of the rotation stuff. He has stuff to match oh, Richards. I was talking about Park, Blake Parker. Oh. <laughs> hey, I, I just got excited. Yeah, no, no, it's cool. Um, uh, you know. I heard you say Shohei, and I got excited. No, I was giving my, my whole take. Obviously, Shohei was good. Blake right. Parker is showing um, that I think he, he's turning a corner. Cam Bedrosian's the only reliever I'm really worried about right now. Um, kind of final thoughts. I think that we still haven't seen the best of Trout this year. And I think Kozart had a little mini slump that he broke out of, hopefully today. Yeah. Hey, this team's going to be fun to watch. And we can see they're hitting. I mean, anytime you hang 13 runs on the Indians, that's a great day. That's a team that's widely expected to run away with the Central, a team we could eventually see in the playoffs. That's exciting. That's exciting as an Angels fan, to, especially a team that really had just owned us for the past two years, to come out, make a statement. Granted, Indians are slumping, but... To come out and make a statement by winning two of three against one of the best teams in the AL is is a huge, huge few days for us. I really, the one thing that I want to go back to, and I think one of our first episodes we talked about, you and I, um, who we thought was going to end up being a better acquisition, Ian Kinsler or Zach Cozart. And I think I said Ian Kinsler and you said Zach Cozart and you absolutely nailed that one. I think that... Six games. I mean... No, but I, I, I'm games. worried about Kinsler. I think that we went and got Ryan Schimpf this week. 
and he's an in, a utility reserve infielder. He's Granted, the Luis Valbuena of utility infielders, which actually, as I think about it, isn't saying much. But, yeah. I think Ian Kinsler's a little more hurt than what's being let on. Classic Angels. Which, you know, I, I would be now at this point surprised to see Ian Kinsler play in more than 75 games for the Angels this season. Wow, okay. Um, that's That's been my only little bummer on the week. Obviously the Shoemaker... Um, forearm strain is not a good look, but you know we got Blake Parker or uh, Parker Bridwell. Parker Bridwell, in who Friday. pitched great for us last year and has shown he's a gamer in the majors. Um, yeah, I mean he was, I think was our most consistent starter last year. So what do you think of Upton this week? Not thrilled. Um, really, I mean, like I, I think the bat. He's he's known as a streaky hitter. So I'm not worried about the bat. Like, I'm sure he'll, in a couple weeks, have a week where he hits three or four home runs and hits 500. I think he'll be fine bat-wise. Really the frustrating thing was that Edwin Encarnacion inside the park home run where he sort of jumped after it and then didn't run after the ball. That sort of thing just drives me nuts. Game one had some questionable plays out there and left also. I was I unfortunately was listening on the radio. I didn't I didn't see. There was some happen. plays that he should have made out there. Um, I think defensively we have a little bit of a right to be concerned when there's a fly ball in the into the left field with a little sun out there. I'm a little yeah. worried about what's uh, what's going to happen. Eh, you know I. As of now, I agree. I think long term we have seen a small sample size and don't need to be that worried. But. Well, we host a weekly radio show, and for the next week, I will be concerned. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm worried for you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's our takes on week one. I, as you were sort of saying, the bullpen looked great. This The past couple days. No way Ramirez looks good. Yeah. Eight and a third innings of shutout baseball against the Indians lineup. That's, That's no lineup to sneeze at. And they came out there and just did what they had to do to get the team the W today. Like, yeah, Cozart with the heroics, but that bullpen. I mean, Luke Bard looked good for five outs. Parker looked good for his inning. Middleton pitched. uh, Did he get through two full innings? I think he did. A lot of clamoring for Keenan Middleton to be our closer. That guy throws. He he throws like the Percival high heat. Yeah. Where he just stares the guy down and throws a fastball like a foot above the strike zone and the guy swings at it anyway. And I'm loving his competitive spirit out there. Shout out to Keenan Middleton and his Lil Yachty hair. I love it. That Those pink or red, I guess they're probably red. red like if I had to take a wild locks. stab. I yeah. like it. I think it's cool. I think he's uh, he's got a lot of potential star power. Yeah. Bull prediction, he'll dye his hair pink for Mother's Day this year. We're putting right. that down. Oh, that's, that's a Saki bomb. bomb. That's a Saki yeah. bomb bet. Right. I think you're the only one taking that one. I'll put it out there. I'm, no, I'm not taking any action on that one, but if he does dye his hair pink, we all take Saki bombs. All right. Fair enough. Um, um, I think that wraps up our game recap for the week. I don't know if you guys can hear that. That was, that was the buzzer for <laughs> next the next Saki bombs. All right. This one's for Shohei Blast number one. Shohei Blast. To many more. To many Many more, and to beat all of our predictions of my 12 home runs in the season. Yes. Producer Q, tell a joke. Well, I'll tell you, he really golfed that home run. He went down and got it, fished it out, pretty much off the dirt. I think uh, reminds me of last season, went to an Astros-Angels game, and Mike Trout, sorry, it was two seasons ago, Mike Trout hit a home run 
on a pitch that at the time I was sitting on the first baseline so I could see exactly where it was height-wise in the strike zone. And he golfed it over the fence. And I thought to myself, man, that pitch was really, really low. And came to find out later that night that according to StatCast, that was the lowest pitch that had been hit for a home run in like years and years. So that made me think briefly of Mike Trout. We had some some low ball hitters. Well, I kept waiting for that to get funny. And it didn't. (laughs) But I enjoyed the Mike Trout appreciation. Topical. Yeah, topical. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, a look ahead at our at our next week, as this is a weekly podcast. We've got three against the A's. I don't know how the A's will adapt to playing in a major league stadium where the cast of Stomp has not infiltrated the ballpark. But we'll see. We'll see the A's for three, and then we hit the road and see our AL another AL West nemesis, the Rangers, in Arlington for three. So uh, immediate thoughts on what we're going to see in those two series. Yeah, um, I think if you're looking at, I, I think we're gonna sweep the A's. There's sweep my them. there's my uh, wow. Saki bomb prediction uh, for the week. I think we're going to sweep the A's. Um, I also think we're gonna take three of two against the Rangers. Three of two. Or, sorry, two. <laughs> this team's good. But. Fractions. <laughs> Saki bombs, folks. Too deep. It's gonna get worse. Hang on. Anyway, so you think we're going to take two out of three from the Rangers? I do. Two out of three against the Rangers. Okay. Do we know who's starting do you, for do you Oakland? Think that, you think that Skaggs is going to be able to pick up a win in Shoemaker's place? Shoemaker went to the DL. You mean uh, Bridwell? Is Bridwell taking a spot in the rotation? Because Skaggs has already Skaggs, gotten... Yes. He's pitched uh, two... Skaggs pitched... He pitched out... A, he threw a lot of pitches in the first inning today, but still looked pretty sharp he, overall. He's looking good, man. He's and that first game against Oakland was filthy. Sorry, he threw four and two thirds today. Yeah, he almost. Skaggs only threw four and two thirds today. Yeah, he threw. He was at hundred pitches. Oh. Yeah, he, he threw a lot of. I mean, it was, he threw like thirty-five pitches in the first inning. Yeah. Um, but anyway, okay. I'm thinking we probably take two of three from the A's, just because. Hey, I'd be thrilled if we ended our first ten games at seven and three. That'd be that'd be a great mark for us, Rangers. I don't. I think it's unreasonable to guess that you take all three in Arlington, but that's not a good Rangers team. I think we probably take two in that one. So for sure. Two. Hey, we're we're two for two in series wins. I see no reason we can't keep it up against the A's and Rangers. No, we got a light light schedule coming up here. We got uh, A's, Rangers, Royals. So uh, it's time take to take it easy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Casey, Steve. Uh, we got a. That I was think the we joke. A, that was the joke from when they were doing the sake bombs earlier. One of those. One of those delayed punchlines. Yeah. Um, but we do have A's, Rangers, uh, Royals. We need to be able to keep up with these Astros. Producer Q's Astros are already, not going to lose. six and one, right? Very many games here. Six and one. Producer Q, do the Astros have a shot at breaking? The all-time single-season wins record. This I don't year. think so. One sixteen. I don't think so. It's a, um, objectively. It pains me to say it as an Angels fan, but that's just a filthy team. All with not even like I would say the Angels the have here. very few glaring weaknesses, but the Astros have. It seems nothing but strengths all around. Uh, I'm gonna. I know this is Angels podcast. I'm just gonna interject one quick thing that happened today in the Astros game. They're winning three to two, uh, going into the seventh. And instead of going kind of seventh man set up closer, Brad Peacock pitched seventh, eighth, ninth through forty pitches. Wow! And they kept Giles in the bullpen. The retro save. I, I didn't watch the end of the game, but I'm not 
I, I don't know for sure that Giles even got up to throw. 100 to miles Giles? 100 miles Giles, 100 miles through the air for the balls that are going over the fence against Tim Giles. <laughs> That's crazy, man. You don't see that happen very often. I mean, well, they did in the playoffs. I mean, in, in my, this is also a deviation, but in my assessment, it seems to be the best way to win games in the playoffs. So if you have the depth in the bullpen and do it in the regular season, it gives you the best chance to win games. It doesn't make sense for me why teams wouldn't employ that with more regularity if it's effective for them. But I mean, you see, yeah, you have seen it more in the playoffs. You saw Bumgarner go five innings in the 14 World Series. Wasn't wasn't it Morton who went in long relief? Morton for that McCullers had a long relief appearance in Game 7 against the Yankees in the ALCS. Um, but, I mean, this era of sabermetrics and just general letting numbers decide decisions instead of kind of uh, what's historically been the thing to do, it's possible that this could become more of a reasonable thing and you pitch your best pitches in the most high leverage situations not in the ninth inning just because it's at the end of the game right interesting so. okay and kind of blending that back into what we're talking about here with the angels i think mike Sosha actually takes a very non-conventional approach with the bullpen i mean i don't think that the players enjoy the fact that their roles are ambiguous and constantly moving i think that they would like to see some continuities continuity as well but um you know, it's kind of cool because he can then, you know, turn to a guy like Keenan Middleton in a high leverage situation in the seventh, uh, stick with him, and and not have to be committed to these, you know, specific you know roles and types. I think especially, I mean, I think that's only true in the American League because in the National League your rosters are much less flexible with pitchers having to hit, et cetera. But in the American League, I think that's certainly true. And a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people on Twitter don't like that it's a different person, um, and, and they can't predict who's going to be coming into the games. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do. I think it works I, for yeah. this team. It's obviously showed in, in the last couple games, and especially last season, that this this approach works. That is a psychological effect too. Like you know, you in the past you could gear up for the scouting report on a Troy Percival or a K Rod or God forbid a Brian Fuentes, and. <laughs> Now you don't know if you're going to see Keenan Middleton or Blake Parker or maybe even Jim Johnson, who's actually been great this year in the ninth. You, you Make know. Jim Johnson I, great again. I, I said that in our first episode. The, again, like K-Rod had a second resurgence with another team. Jim Johnson led the American League in saves two years in a row at one point. I don't see why he couldn't make a resurgence. And this Angels team seems in need of a more reliable guy on the back end there. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I think that wraps up our look ahead. We, I think that takes us to show tunes, right? I believe so. Show tunes. Show tunes. Great. I love that addition to show tunes. By a few weeks from now, we're going to have a four-part harmony at that point. Barbershop quartet here in the studio. Ready to drop some show tunes. Should we should we just try it right now? In fact, remix to show tunes. If I just lead us in, yeah, Steven, you're, 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 tenor, baritone. Alto. I'm more I'll probably take bass. I'm gonna go soprano. I'll go baritone. One, two, three. Show tunes and cut. Nice. Great. I think we just I said quit it our, way I think too we fast. just quit our day jobs. I think that just happened. We are becoming. I just signed. A, I just tendered my resignation. I don't know about you guys. We're, we're ready. We're ready for the big time. Anyway. <laughs> that was weird. Takes us to the show tunes, which, given Shohei's immediate 
success on the major league scene. What we all expected, never doubted for a second, was going to come to fruition. We think Shohei needs a posse. And today we bring to you our collective opinions on the types of fictional or non-fictional people that we think it would do Shohei best to keep in his posse. So, intern Casey Steve, you want to lead us off with thoughts on what type of person Shohei needs in his posse? Oh, this one, this one's tough. Uh, there are a lot of great options out there, and I want to go ahead and uh, apologize for those that I've missed. Um, don't hold it against me. But right off the bat, uh, well, you know, I'm actually going to give you guys two because they're pretty critical for any posse. Uh, first is going to be uh, long forgotten. Sean Spicer, former White House press <laughs> secretary. Uh, if there's one guy that has your back and who can translate some bull crap really well for you, it's Sean Spicer. Um, not that Shohei is speaking bull crap, but you know he, he definitely needs a translator. And Spicy can do the job. Uh, the second is going to be uh, a shout-out to some of our younger fans out there, those who might watch Stranger Things. Uh, there's a character on the show named Dustin who's just the consummate sidekick. He, he's there uh, for the protagonist through the thick and thin, um, all while having a, an energetic and humorous spirit. <laughs> can you imagine Dustin and Shohei Otani like, holding hands walking in a park? <laughs> I can. And it's guys, remarkable. If you guys haven't watched Stranger Things, watch it now. Admire Dustin. Tell me he wouldn't be a great sidekick for Shohei. Producer uh, Q? I'm going to go with someone like... Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who, uh, <laughs> the kind of guy where you, you say something and he'll immediately, like, correct you when you're wrong. Um, I don't know how that would necessarily be helpful for a baseball player, but someone to keep him in check when he kind of gets too much ahead of himself to kind of reel him back in, bring him back down to earth, or any celestial body in the case of Neil Tyson. But, uh, yeah, that's the best I can come up with like the, with the 15 seconds I had to prepare. So. so someone to keep Shohei from getting too big of a head. Too big of a head, yeah. yeah. But I don't anticipate that to happen with him, but... Seems like a humble kid. I've never had a conversation with him, I wouldn't know. Sure. Yeah, well, that's that's fair. Well, if you're going... I'm going the complete opposite direction. I think the boy... Oh, yeah. We got ZO2. We got Lonzo Ball. That's going to be his best friend. Shohei Otani is going to be kicking it with Zio, Zio, get off, get off, Lonzo Ball. They're going to be going out. They're going to be going to Hyde Nightclub, Los Angeles. This is going to be great. Shohei is going to be a baller. Shohei is going to be a rookie of the year this year. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Shohei train. Just like Lonzo Ball, right? You know? Yeah. Maybe we should be hanging out with Kyle Kuzma instead. No. Ooh. No. Ooh. Lakers take. I know we got a lot of we do have a lot of Lakers fans out there. Uh, we have a lot of Lakers fans out there. You, usually, it's Angels fans or Angels, Lakers, Rams. Um, but you know, Chargers. There's some yeah, they're out there. Clippers, they're out they're there. Right but there. I'm just talking, you know, Ducks, Angels, Lakers. At me if I'm wrong. Tell me your teams. I would like to know uh, at Sean Feeney DJ or at Halos on Tap. Um, what teams do you guys root for? Football. Baseball, hockey, and basketball. Shoot them at me. I want to know where we're coming from in Anaheim. And we'll get our intern on that to uh, coalesce that information into something useful. That like a pie graph. 
<laughs> exactly. Pie graph. Yeah. Well, I'll work on the pie chart. Uh, yeah. If he, if you could have a pie graph on our desks by the end of the week, that'd be great. Anyway, I'm gonna take my my I I owe no I I've got a I've got a show tunes take here. Not up to you guys. I just feel like I want how to catch up, but keep going. All right, I'll wait for it. Sharpie DJ is trying to take his uh, his sake bomb out of turn here. All right, yeah. I guess I'm waiting. That's a penalty. Four. Too many too many men on the field. Too many sake bombs on the ice. Full anyway, start. I think sort of to the op- the true opposite. I don't know how yours was the opposite. To the true opposite of what Koizer was saying is Shohei needs a guy who, when he needs to feel better about himself, can really just kick when he's down. So, like a guy who already is sort of struggling in life and Shohei just, like, puts him down to immediately feel better about himself. Like a, like a George Costanza. That's sort of who I'm thinking. He needs... He needs a middle-aged, like, balding man. He needs Larry David. Well, that's Sean Spicer. He might be, yeah, he might be. Well, I mean, George was modeled off Larry David. Larry David and Shohei Otani. Yeah. George Costanza and Shohei Otani. I like it. I would I would watch that sitcom. I just feel like Shohei Otani could be friends with everyone. That's true, but he needs someone who's, like, a frenemy, you know? Yeah. Someone who he keeps close. A rival. But also closer. But, Friend But it's the same person. Anyway. I like it. <laughs> yeah, Shohei could really end up with an interesting posse here. We have Sean Spicer, Dustin from Stranger Things, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Alonzo Ball, <laughs> and George Costanza. <laughs> George Costanza George Costanza's, Costanza's definitely the one carrying the gun, though. Are we in that posse? Are we saying... Yeah. I hate, I'm, I'm loath to bring this up, but are we saying he wouldn't have any people of the feminine persuasion in his posse? Like a girl? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow, can't slip anything past this guy. Just. <laughs> Alright, let's pick one girl. Ooh, rapid fire. It's gotta be quick. Not everybody, just let's all agree upon one girl. Yeah. Let's say it on three. One, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. two, That's not gonna work. That's not gonna work. Give me a second. That... Okay. We're still gonna do it on three. One, one two, two, three. three. Bielo Great work, guys. All right, yeah, right. nice. And that, that closes was... up show tunes. Show tunes. Soggy Bob time. Both of you guys, give it down. Right. Buzzer. So, In turn, uh, Casey Steve, tell a better joke than Quizzer. Actually, I just got an email in here, our DM from PETA to Ant Halos on Tap. We just lost their sponsorship because of DJ Sean Feeney's comment about kicking cats in the intro. <laughs> so we're. Uh, but they actually didn't pay us anything. They were crappy sponsors. So screw you, PETA. He hasn't do anything for us. I've never uh, kicked a cat we'll this re- month. We'll, we'll replace you easily. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think... What's, what's our next segment? I think, well, I think first, let's, let's give a shout-out to uh, our classic sponsor. We haven't brought up any of our sponsors this show. Um, so waiting on a few payments, but... The one that keeps coming back, Finn McCool's. And Koizer, tell us a little something about Finn's. Finn McCool's, best Irish car bomb you won't remember tomorrow. Or bear fight. Yeah, and you know, they may even have sake bombs there on special occasions. I feel like we're cheating on Finn McCool's by having sake bombs. We're we actually, got, you know what we're cheating Irish on? Car bomb. This, this is actually full disclosure, you can't tell this at home, but we are not drinking uh, Nippon Ham Fighters Sapporo beer tonight with our sake bombs. Uh, in full disclosure, we are drinking a delightful cocktail mix of Bud Light and uh, what's this here? 
Wow, this is, we're not drinking that. And perhaps Blue Ribbon, actually. Ah, as luck only the it. finest. Um, only the finest here at Halo's on tap. If you are a beer producer or distributor and have extra supplies to dish out in form of sponsorships, <laughs> we are open. Venmo is open. And we're also sponsored by Movement Watches. <laughs> Use we, your code, Sean11, for 78% off your first Movement Watch. Check it out. Should we give them a Venmo account, or should we just tell them our Venmos are open? Uh, read in the description of the podcast to know where to send this money. Great. Love it. Uh, I think that takes us... Uh, what's next, Producer Q? I believe that there's a certain sound lingering in the air. Is that the sound? All too familiar of the mailbag? Uh-oh. Oh, oh what, is Sa- what is Santa bringing today? All right, first mailbag question comes in from Mac Good Bye, in Lake buddy, Charles. Bye, buddy, hope you find your dad. Lake Charles, Louisiana. Mac Good asks, as Angels fans, who is your biggest rival? I'm an Astros fan, and I get the sense that there are no teams that you despise as much as I hate the Rangers. Oh, so he's like throwing down thinking that we don't hate anyone as much as he does. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Wow. What, how condescending. Yeah. End of the show, though. Shout him out. I love our condescending fans of the show. Yeah, they're, all, they're good. All feedback is welcome, though. Positive, negative. Yeah. What, what hit us. Hit us at Halos on Tap. We're very active on the Twitter game. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Let us know if what, what you think you should have on here. Um, segments, guest stars. Um, let us know. We, we, we do take that feedback to heart, and we will use it. We're actually using some feedback that we received, too. We received feedback saying that we use the phrase, you heard it here first, too often. Not once has that been said tonight. Other than so when he just said it. Yeah, that, 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 that was, that was, that was quoting somebody else, though. I'm allowed to say that. I'm okay. the producer. Hey. That's true. That's true. Producer Q, he doesn't make the rules. <laughs> I sit here and I do what I'm told. Answer the question, guys. All right, I'll, I'll take this one at first. Um, look. I do think we are lacking in the rival department. I think that we're historically still considered a pretty new team. There are a lot of you out there who want to keep telling me that the Dodgers are our rival. That's never going to happen unless the Dodgers play the Angels in the World Series. That would be the only time there would be a real rivalhood. Rivalry. Rivalryhood. Let's just go with rivalry. I like rivalry. Okay, rivalry. Dodgers, Angels, that would be the only time there would be a rivalry there. Um, I don't think that look, we, we're, we're, the Astros are old enough in this division for us to be really considered rivals with them. But I would probably say that they're our biggest competition, and that could make a rivalry well, eventually if, if we sp- continue to be the powerhouses. If you, sp- if you spend some time at the dog park, the two biggest dogs are eventually going to square off. You're going to see... It's a fantastic the, analogy. I haven't spent very much time in the The Great parts. Danes and German Shepherds, they're going to size each other up. And they're, here's the thing. There are dogs that realize they're the big dog. And then there are big dogs that think they're small dogs. And small dogs that think they're big dogs. But I think both Great Danes and German Shepherds are big dogs and realize they're big dogs. And that's the Angels and Astros this year is the two big dogs that have realized they're big dogs. So, th- this rivalry could develop into the biggest rivalry in the ALS. Because there aren't really any... I think that the ALS classically has been the two best teams in that division or rivals that year. Yeah. Um, 
think we probably have hated the Rangers the most, though. Yeah. Over the last... I mean, Rooted Odor, most punchable face in sports. Oh, yeah. Aside from maybe Grayson Allen. And... Or Jonathan Papelbon. Oh, God. Is he still sure. is he still even pitching somewhere? He sucks. Producer Q, intern Casey Steve, would love to know if Jonathan Papelbon is still pitching somewhere. Somewhere, someone's listening to this podcast screaming at us saying, yeah, you idiot, Jonathan Papelbon is playing for... He's closing for the Yankees. Yeah. Like... Anyway, uh, Jonathan Papelbon has not been in Major League Baseball since 2016. Good to know. See? Hey. All right. Anyway, yeah, I think for a while it was the A's and Angels. For a while it was the Angels and Rangers. Then it was the Astros and Rangers, sort of at the top of the division. And I think this year, and the way these teams seem poised for the future, I think we're going to see a few good years of A's, Astros, at least semi-competitive rivalry at the top of the division that said there's not like the animosity you get yet with you know what you see with the Yankees Red Sox the Cardinals I, I Cubs I agree with that I think there needs to be like a catalyst like some cataclysmic event like a bench clearing brawl that really sparks the rivalry between two powerhouse teams and that just hasn't happened between the right and here's the thing yeah I mean as we're obviously Feeney and I are huge Angels fans here but I think the Astros are the big dog right now, and they're waiting to see who emerges from the pile as their biggest competitor. And the Angels, yeah, finished second last year, but also finished under 500. Like, we have to prove we're for real, for a real rivalry to blossom there. It's sort of like, it's sort of like Stanford-Cal. Like, Stanford sort of looks at Cal as sort of the like, cute younger brother, that, or maybe nephew, that's, that they have to pick up from carpool every now and then. And and this ad is sponsored by Stanford. University. Go to visit Stanford.edu today to enroll online. Right. To enroll. It's a sign-up sheet. To enroll online. If only all those kids who didn't get in knew they could just enroll online. They consider it the Harvard of the West. <laughs> all right. Enough on that. Anyway... <laughs> I would say, I'm, I'm curious what you would say. I have some teams I genuinely hate and love beating more than any teams in the AL West. And that's the Red Sox, because they just kicked our butt for so many years in the playoffs there in the 2000s. The White Sox, only because of A.J. Pruszynski and Doug Eddings. And that actually might be it. I just hate the Yankees because they're the Yankees. But, like, I hate the Red Sox. I, I basically hate all the Sox. That's good. I, I think that's a good, fair assessment. I don't. I, I think the Red Sox is spot on. I love beating the Red Sox. I really love beating the Mariners right now with Jerry DePoto Jerry as the Poto. general manager and weird-ass D. Gordon as the outfielder. <laughs> I, I, don't, the I don't get what's going on out there in, in uh, Seattle, but um, I, I do enjoy beating them. A yeah. lot. Anyway, I feel like we've beaten this question to yeah, death. We're moving on. What on we, the next. Producer Q, what, uh, what do we got next? Next question comes from Iman Suleiman in Culver City, California. He says, will you guys ever spotlight other teams in future segments? As a Cubs fan, I'd like to hear your takes on their work. Well, my first thought is, as a Cubs fan, I'm sure there are a lot of podcasts out there that focus solely on the Cubs. We started this podcast because we realized there was a real lack of Angels podcasts. That said, the Angels do have to play 
one of the other 29 teams in the majors every day. So we will be covering other teams and occasionally we'll touch on things that go on around the league, our, our takes on things, but I don't know that we feel, I, I can't speak for Feeney here, but I don't know that we feel the urge to focus in on specific teams unless we happen to be playing them in the next week or so. Yeah, I mean, we're going to play mostly, I mean, we'll get pretty darn near playing all the teams this year, um, and we're going to have a chance to focus on different lineups and rosters as we're kind of going through those series, and uh, I think we are trying to, we know our audience, we want to talk to Angels fans, and we want to create this, and eventually we'll, we'll get to a point where we're probably going to, you know, I mean, if it's if it works out, we'll, have a, we'll be able to talk a little bit more about other teams and things like that, but for now, we an Angels podcast, yo. Couldn't have said it better. Thanks, Iman. Iman. Next, uh, next question comes in from Reed Brooks in Apple Valley, California. Reed asks, There's been a lot of chatter around the MLB this week surrounding the Orioles-Twins game when a left-handed hitter bunted against a shift down 7-0 in a complete game one-hit bid. What are your thoughts on this and other unwritten rules in baseball? So... You know, we had, had a little bit of an instance uh, here just today as well. Corey Kluber was throwing a no-hitter, and the first hit off of him today was, uh, I believe, a bunt from Angleton Simmons. Yeah. Um, and I like it. I, You know what? I think baseball's changing with the stat, with, with every the advanced saber metrics that we have now and all the numbers. Every at-bat matters to every single one of these players. So get a hit when you can. You know, do what you need to do to break up a no-hit bid. I like it. I, I think that those are getting a little bit stale. Um, we're in a younger era of baseball. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think Brian Dozier, who was the one who chiefly complained about the bunt, came off looking like an absolute knob in this case. I We, we, we have a buddy, Drew Hansen, who will eventually be on the podcast as our Twins correspondent when whenever the Angels decide they're going to lay waste to the Twins. But who who went out and defended Dozier's actions? Obviously, I I think if some Angels player did something like what Dozier did, I'd probably come out and try to defend them too. But that said, just like play the game, play the game to win. It's clear the Orioles. Cisco came out and just trying to do what he could to get on base and give his team a chance to win, even down seven nothing. Crazier things have happened. I was at the Angels game last year where they were down six runs in the ninth and came back to win. It's all about getting on base so and doing what you can to put your team in a position to win. So I love the idea that there are all these unwritten rules in baseball, and I think it's up to each individual player to interpret them as they will. I think uh, Bryce Harper is kind of bucking the system a little bit. He's come out and said that you know the, the unwritten rules or the historical implications of people's actions kind of antiquated and he wants to see something more exciting and that's bat flipping and, and showing up, showing up pitchers when you hit home runs off of them and a lot of people don't take very kindly to that but I don't know if you have an era of young emerging stars who I mean they have the ability to transform the landscape despite how kind of historically rooted baseball is um, I also know the comment if you're breaking up a no hit bid in the fifth inning with a bunt I mean that's not an issue I don't think by very many people's standards at all. I mean, if you get to the seventh, eighth, ninth innings, and you're trying to lay down a bunt against a perfect uh, game, a, a perfect game. No, all day. Do that all day long. You you do not want a perfect game against your team. That's true. Do it that's all fair. day. That's my that's my opinion yeah. on it. And I don't 
disagree fundamentally with that. I'm saying I probably, if I were in the position of being a major leaguer, I probably wouldn't do it. But I don't disagree with your perception. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, love the unwritten rules. It's part of what makes baseball great. You know what? It's interesting, though, because the, you know you don't hear him complaining. You know, you're, you're throwing a shift out there on defense using advanced saber metrics, going yeah. against the game, like completely changing your infield and taking away an up-the-middle hit uh, by, by shifting your infield. You're going to complain when somebody tries to break that up by laying down a bunt or something like that? I mean... You know, it's and and some would argue bunting is the ultimate anti-saber metric. It is. Yeah. It's the it's, so. it's unheralded. Yeah. I mean, for eighty years of the hard antidote. hit ground ball at the middle has been a base hit, and now you hit a hard ground ball at the middle and it's a casual six three put out. Right. I can understand why. There's arguments to be made on both sides. Sure. But um, appreciate anyway. the question there from yeah. Reed Brooks. Thank you, Reed Brooks. Valley. And our last sake bomb of the night. Yeah, I Sean guess we're going to wrap this thing up, huh? I'll do it in solidarity. All right. Oh, I Mr. think you should make Casey Steve do it for pouring an extra one. Uh, <laughs> the intern. I, this, this, is, this is also my punishment for this is, predicting this is an a, a this is an one in three job. start for the Angels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying that That's Mike true. Trout deserves to get hit by your Dono Mitra. <laughs> your, your complaints <laughs> no. were heard. Okay, I, I don't want to go back to that moment. Um, the, uh, but Mike Trout does need to build a little character. He needs, he needs to get a little rough around. He has a new role, and it's Shohei Otani's best friend. And I thought he was your my best friend, my best friend. Yeah. But mostly Shohei Otani's. Also wow. mine. By the transit of the property, you are now Shohei Otani's best friend. Cal, well. you're right. We're all... As a job And we're the teacher, three I, best I, friends I that anyone's ever had. Anyway, let's... Count us down. Ichi, ni, san, shi, go. Wow, sloppy. This is not hazing, by the way. Halo's on tap. Has a very robust human uh, human resources department, and I'm sure intern KCC will be going to them shortly. Um, I think that about wraps up for us, guys. Yeah, there I think we that's, are. That the music's up, playing. That wraps up our, our week on is, it's Halo's on tap. It's it's, uh, it's building been a, a buttercup, isn't it? Yeah, no. It's been a great week one. Yeah, we, four soccer bombs later. In case you're wondering, we'll, we'll talk not to, feeling it. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you next week after hopefully we've done away with the A's and Rangers uh, by that point. But anyway, yeah, signing, signing off, off here. I'm I'm Mr. Hallett. I'm uh, I'm Casey Steve. Intern Casey Steve. Producer Q. And I'm Sean. Have a pleasant tomorrow. Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it to all the people who can quest like a tribe does? Before this, did you really know what I was? Comprehend to the track force. Why? Cause getting many.